Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the In Repose podcast with your host, Caitlin of Caitlin Curiosity. In Repose is a space for us to have intentional conversations around our businesses, our homes, the products we use, the food we eat, everything that life has to offer. And I'm so grateful you're joining me for another week, another conversation. We are in cancer season. It is my season. It's my sun sign and a cancer sun. And so I feel like I'm thriving. It's also summer, just in general. The sunshine has been out, which I'm so grateful for. I just bask in it, soak it up, take it all in. The one thing that does worry me is that wildfires season has already begun, which is early, I would say. At least from my interpretation, my experience, it's early. And there's quite a few fires around our area and in the areas that Daniel is contracted out in. So... So we begin our nerve-wracking season of fire season because Daniel does wildfire fighting. He's actually what's called a faller, which is one of the most dangerous positions. That is to say all of the positions are dangerous in wildfire fighting, but it's extremely dangerous because he's using his chainsaw to cut down trees during the wildfire. I Can you tell how not lit up I am about talking about it? It makes me so uncomfortable. I hate it. <laughs> uh, I hate it. 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 Yep. 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 Okay. <laughs> There's nothing else I can say. It stresses me out. It makes me anxious. It's dangerous. It's nerve wracking. It's I'm so in awe of him and the courage that he has and the confidence and the skills that he has in order to even do this job and do it safely. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nerve wracking. I mean, that's all I can do is share the anxiousness and, and the nerves that come with being in a partnership with someone that you love and care about that does something that's really dangerous. So there's that. That's the only downside. And besides that, from a personal level, just wildfires in general are heartbreaking. And it's just a tough season. You know, on one hand, you appreciate the beauty, the sun, everything, the green, uh, jumping in the river these days. I mean, I took Monday off. I pulled a card of inspiration in the morning that was all about getting out of routine and getting into inspiring environments. And so I rescheduled my Monday to do just that, hiking my favorite path, playing with butterflies and bees, and then meeting Daniel at the lake to jump in and swim and spend hours together under the sun. It was just magical. It's like you have these moments of pure magic during summer. And then on the opposite end of grief and destruction with these wildfires. And I've learned so much in dating Daniel and moving here and and having more education on them and it's just hard it's hard it's hard it's hard it's hard it's like ugh. I have nothing else to say besides it's hard so oof what else <laughs> like let's segue out of that uh at the end of last week I had my first psych k session which was so freaking fun I won't be able to properly explain what exactly psych k is because it's not my expertise but it it deals with subconscious beliefs and in a way that's much different than hypnosis or meditation. Uh, it was so interesting, so fun. That was with Bianca Cortinas and it was, yeah, I'm going to be doing like two more sessions. Ugh, I, I loved it. And I'm someone who's very, very skeptical about 
modalities. I think having this behind the scenes in the wellness spirituality sphere for the past 10 years, there's a lot of bullshit. (laughs) So it's important to go into anything that you're learning not thinking this is the end all be all. This is it. I finally found the formula. I found the magic potion. I found the thing that's going to heal me and save me. No, 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 no. First of all, that's not even liberating. That's not. What's liberating is accepting and knowing that you can live this life and dance alongside and succeed in in the face of doubts and fears. Have conversation with doubts, fears, childhood traumas understand them, unpack them, support yourself, grow. I just don't subscribe to the belief that we're eradicating shadow or fear or that's not my experience. It's been, okay, how do I, how do I meet this in conversation? How do I, and I was someone who grew up very conditioned to being very fearful of myself, of my power, of everything around me and stepping into that power that fear should always be in the driver's seat. Believe that I that was my story for so long. And instead now it's that that it exists. You know, in some instances fear is our survival instinct keeping us safe. Other times it holds us back and it's having a conversation with it and giving it the space to still have a voice and discuss that we're safe. And create that safety for ourselves, creating that safety for ourselves. And that's what I was exploring in this session was creating safety around, let's just talk about it, money. Because my money story, it's always been, it it was an abusive relationship. It was used in a way to abuse me. And I, I acknowledge my privilege in this human experience, in this lifetime. I acknowledge the privilege that I have, absolutely. And I also acknowledge the trauma that I've had with my relationship to abusive relationships and money. And I think a lot of things people don't tell you about. I mean, I was someone who struggled in my business for, (laughs) we laugh because, (laughs) because it was years, years and years and years and years and years and years and years, because I didn't think that I can make money doing something that I love. I didn't believe that I was capable of making money, that I believed that I, someone, I wasn't capable that was it. That was that was told to me over and over and over and over and over and over directly by someone that I'm not capable of taking care of myself, that I'm not capable of having success. I'm not capable of having for 29 years. I say that through gritted teeth, but that's my truth. And so I, it's it's this once it, what I was trying to say is that I what I don't feel like is talked about all the time is that even as you, so when you get those, when you get the money, when you get the success, when you get the external things, it's not like all of a sudden you feel the shift of joy and worthiness and value and all of, that doesn't necessarily, that's not how that works. You don't, the external doesn't all of a sudden eliminate all of those internal conditioning, right? If anything, a whole new set of fears can come up. It can, how, what if this all leaves me? What if it's that at the root of it, at least for myself, is this, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. So that was what I wanted to explore. And it's just wild to me what was not just uncovered in a psych, it's psych K, 
Psych K session, and I wanted to pronounce that in case anyone is curious and wants to learn more about Bianca or Psych K, just to explore it. And again, just we're building these toolkits to support us. It's not, oh my gosh, that must be it. That's that's what's holding me back. I, I, it's it's so important for me to go into every any reading any anything any course with that curiosity not that this is the solution the open-mindedness and the skepticism that what would this what would this feel like and and yeah I all I can take it back is is going into it with curiosity not that this is this is it this is why you're x y and z I just don't subscribe to that. <laughs> and I was at one point that I thought someone else could gift me that, that I could heal everything, I could eradicate fears and instead I've learned to dance with them and communicate with them and not let them control my life and let myself know that I'm safe, create safe spaces for myself and for others. There are no new land updates this week. It's just... Patience. There's some back-end stuff just because Daniel and I both work for ourselves of just that whole thing. Loans, banks, pre-approval, that kind of stuff that's going on in the back-end. And we're both just extremely patient with the process. There's nothing else you can do. Like you're doing, we're doing everything that we can. So there's nothing else to try and control. There's nothing else to figure out. I'm just so deeply rooted in the fact that it's all working out in the exact timing that it's supposed to. And it's been so incredible to to daydream and think about the land. And I mean, that's the thing above all else. Like I don't see a house because I think that will come later on. And, and okay, let's unpack that. I often see things in my mind and then I have a hard time verbally describing what I'm, what I'm visualizing and what I want to articulate. So for me, it's, it's all about the land to grow our own food, to have so many animals. I want a dairy cow, I want, or dairy goats. It's, dairy cows are quite a bit of work. Goats are a little smaller, so they're a little more manageable. And (laughs) raising just chickens, and I wanna have pigs again, and massive gardens and greenhouses and bringing and birthing the physical product into life that I've been working on behind the scenes quietly and building our home that's on there whenever that's supposed to be. We're both very open to finding either a piece of land that doesn't have a house or and having like a yurt on it until we build our home. Just being very patient that everything doesn't have to be figured out right in this moment. It doesn't have to be perfect and complete right in this moment and that it will come through exactly as it's supposed to come through exactly as we're ready and it's just been so fun to think about and that's before I moved here was what does that feel like for me like I was describing the vision it's this vision and this feeling it's not like this detailed list it's what does that feel like where does where do I go in that imagination that dreamlike state where do I go and what is that feeling and I know, so this is what helps me. When I focus on the feeling, when we go, when we're, as we're looking through properties, it's not about them meeting this criteria. It's not about ticking off the boxes on the list, looking at these pictures or walking through a property and ticking off the box. Well, it's got all the check boxes. I mean, the same goes for partners, right? Like it's, 
they're not just a list. We can't just sum something up to this list that we dream about. For me, it's this feeling. How does this space make me feel? And if I have those same feelings of this is the space that I dream about and this is the way it makes me feel, and then I'm as I'm looking, I feel that with a property, then that that is a gauge to me and my intuition and my body that this is the space for us, that this is where we're supposed to be, or at least this is what we're supposed to pursue. I don't always attach to like, this is it. I'm being shown what's possible. I always think things as possibilities. But that is my meter. That's how I gauge if something is aligned for me or it isn't. And I think I know that process looks different for every one of us. Yours may be more heady. It may be more a sensation in your hands, a ringing in your ears, whatever that looks like to you, just honoring it. It doesn't matter if it doesn't logically make sense. It's so silly how much emphasis is placed on this logical of always having to figure things out and think, 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 and be in our headspace when for me, the most tapped in I am is when I'm in my body and out of that headspace. And by creating, when I'm not filling my mind with clutter of racing thoughts, of fears, of anxiousness, it creates, it creates this open portal for information to drop in, to come through when I create that space. And that space can be created in movement, in play, in getting out of routine, in rest, a good night's sleep, nourishing foods, being in the garden, being with the animals. It's always so fascinating because my business takes so much headspace that I mean truly all of my hobbies outside of it are things that take me out of my head into the moment grounded into nature into my body having that presence that gratitude that consciousness that being being in that moment one thing that is near and dear to my heart and such a passion of mine and what is such a big desire in wanting this land Because for me, it's not about looking for a space that's like in town, that's convenient. There's some properties that we look at and Daniel's like, well, that might be really hard. That might be, I don't know why I'm laughing, unlivable because that's the word. He's like, that might be unlivable during winter, Caitlin. Like we might not be able to get in and out of that that road, that driveway. (laughs) I'm like, ah, it's fine. We'll make it work, you know? I want to be as remote as possible. I am not someone who wants to be surrounded by people. I don't. I just don't. That's, <laughs> I know I talked about this in the Moving to Nature episode, but that's why I thrive here. That's why I thrive here. And I think I know people have such a hard time understanding that sometimes. Like, because even now, one of the things that I'm so unhappy about being on the ranch is that there's people on top of, there's not people on top of people, but there is too many houses on this space than there should be, needs to be. And I just, I, it has nothing to do with the actual people that are in them. It's just, I don't want to be around people all the time. I want to walk into my yard and not be in someone's direct line of view or feel their energy or, and that's just who I am. Like I am a hermit through and through. I love to go in. I love to be alone. Love it. Love it. That's also why I don't invite many people to come visit me and be in my space is that my space is so sacred to me and I am very sensitive to the energies around me. And so I thrive in being alone. So when Daniel says this place is unlivable, I want to make it livable. <laughs> that, means, that means it is remote, which I am all for. But we're not looking in town. We're not looking to be like convenient towards 
stores or whatever that may be. It's, I want the best of our ability to live off of the land and to cultivate this regenerative farm. I highly encourage you, if you are curious at all or passionate at all, oh my gosh, there's the bee in the house. Okay, I need to save this bumblebee. Pause, let's come back. Oh, well, that bastard bamboozled me because that was a wasp. <laughs> we don't take kindly to wasps around here. They hurt the bumblebees, okay? I am here to save the bumblebees. I'm here to save the bees. So I was talking about regenerative farming, correct? If you are all curious about growing your own food, raising your own food, if you are vegan or plant-based or vegetarian or whatever, I do not label myself. So I will, I'm not putting myself into any box but I highly encourage you to research and learn more, educate yourself on regenerative farming, what it truly means, because there's so many plant-based meat alternatives that are genetically modifying or mass producing these crops in a way that are still destructive to this planet. And it's something that I'm really, really, really fiercely passionate about because there's so many misconceptions that if you're plant-based or vegan that you're inherently doing what's best for the planet and you're not not always not always and I say that with love in a way of just continuing if whatever you subscribe to whatever your belief is whatever your connection is to food and this planet and the animals around you to continue to educate yourself on the practices of how that's being farmed there's a lot of greenwashing labels that are deceiving and making you feel like you're doing something better when <laughs> behind the scenes, they are stripping the earth, mass producing, putting chemicals. It's just, I just with love want to encourage you to do your own research on the foods that you buy and purchase, your, where you're buying from, doing your part to not doing your part, but I can't even express to you how much joy a farmer's market brings me and getting to meet the person who grew that thing and knowing that it came locally and that, and also keeping in mind too, I just want to like educate because I come from a farming background that one thing that always I wanted to touch on is that a lot of the certification, so like certified organic can cost, it's costly to get that certification is what I'm trying to say. That's not, that doesn't come for free for the farm. That costs them money. And if it's a small farm, they may not be able to afford that because it's, it's ugh, farming itself. It's, ugh, gosh, it's such a, a loaded thing coming from that. But I just want to, what I'm trying to communicate is that if someone isn't certified organic, if the person that is representing that farm is the farmer there or the person, if they're at all associated with that farm, asking the people, going up and asking what this, what the process is, what is the growing process? God, I'm really stumbling on this. That perhaps they can't afford to be certified organic, but they are following the standards of organic or naturally grown or regenerate, whatever that is. So a certification doesn't isn't always the end-all be-all to have those conversations with the people growing your food to learn more and to educate yourself. And maybe if you have children or you can go spend the day, you can volunteer. There's just so many different ways. And that is truly where my mind has been going lately of, of how do I help my local community? I community to me, I I it mine's digital. My community is digital and it's connected me to hundreds and thousands of incredible, 
incredible humans and resources and goodness so much and I'm so grateful and now it's the point of like okay but I also or and and digital community and local community centralized community and right that and not either or or but and so that's really where my mind has been going is what does that look like for me because I am so passionate about farming and raising our own food and Something that I've never talked about, and it still feels hard to talk about. It still feels vulnerable to talk about. It still feels scary to talk about. And I've wanted to release this episode for a while or speak about this episode for a while. And it felt really hard because I – so if you haven't listened to the Alchemy and Entrepreneurship episode – then you don't know that my first business that I ever started, I was co- I co-founded it on an organic farm, vegetable farm in Phoenix, Arizona when I was 21. And farming changed my entire life. It's what changed my relationship to my body, what catapulted me into the wellness career. It's, it's single-handedly the most impactful thing, life-changing thing ever. It put me on my path. 10 years ago. And it's something I return to all the time, all the time. And so having this, this knowledge around the importance and the education around raising our own foods and also being in the wellness industry where plant-based and vegan and these terms are, and these boxes are so celebrated and there's not always education there. I think that's what becomes frustrating is that something is shared but it's hidden behind a beautiful label or you don't understand the farming practices that it took to make that thing or the chemicals that are added or the way it's stripping the land. So I find myself dancing between these two worlds of not really feeling like I fit in on either one. And so it feels weird to talk about the fact that we raised our own pigs to butcher and and support ourselves because I believe, it's my belief, I've never shared that, never. And it's also this complicated conversation because because it was it was my decision I wanted and I still have these like dreams of being a pig farmer I wanted to be a pig farmer okay (laughs) the idea plopped into my head I wanted to be a pig farmer and I love animals I mean you know I love animals more than humans at this point (laughs) I love animals I'm so connected to animals they are so healing for me I I just I, ju- I don't know any other word to describe other than I just love them so much. And so when we got the pigs, that was my, what I wanted, my desire. And I knew, ugh, it's hard. Like knowing what your intention is for them. Like I never wanted to selfishly disassociate from them or not love them every day. Because it would be too hard on me, you know? Like, if I didn't connect with them, then it would make that process easier. I never had that thought. I wanted them because I wanted to give them the best life possible and, like, love them every single day. And maybe it sounds really silly to people, and that's okay. So I was their caretaker every single day, and I loved them (laughs) so much. And there was two times, one time when they were young when we got them, and one of the girls, oh gosh, what did she come down with? She got sick and it was from the way that they were raised before us when they were piglets. And that was like a really hard experience too. And like, I always knew we were giving them a better life 
And every day that I would spend time with them and take care of them and love them, I never, I wanted them to feel loved every single day. And it's confusing, right? Like, you know that you're butchering them. For me, it's confusing. Of like, how can you love something and know what you're about to do? Like, I still get so emotional about it. Because it doesn't, it's hard. It's like, it's not black or white. It's not either or for me. And I think that's where I feel lost in this, like, the farming world can feel either or. The homesteading and the wellness world can feel either or. And so I'm like, I'm both. Like, I love animals so much. And it's so important for me that if we're going to choose to eat meat or consume animal animal products, it has to be, it has to be this way. And we're so lucky to live in a space where, like, I get my honey from a farm stand from, I see the bee boxes literally down the road. Like, the most humane, beautiful life and the most incredible honey. And that helps with my allergies. And I, the health of bees is so important to our world and our environment. Like, I want bees one day. And I get to pick my eggs up from that farm stand from chickens right down the road. And local goat's milk from goats across the street. And... I'm so grateful. I'm so privileged to be in a community where that's all accessible to me. And that's the land that I want. That's the land that I dream of. And not everyone has has that choice, has that privilege. Can afford, there are some people that can't afford the highest quality meat or dairy at the store. But it's so important for those of us that have a choice, that have that have the finances to do so to to do better for those of us that have have for those of us that can should do better and that's my belief and god it's like I want to talk about the pig experience so much because I just I wish I heard more people talk about like how every time Every time I make a meal using our meat that I'm I'm overwhelmed with gratitude that every I have this immense gratitude to the vegetables we grow to the pigs that gave up their life to feed us and like nothing went to waste it's so important to me that like they're not disposable to me you know like we celebrate them and we honor them every day And even down to their last moments being with us, like, I just cuddling them and loving them and making them feel loved was so important to me. And I'm so grateful we did it. I'm so grateful we had the experience. I'm so beyond us. It's like, I'm just so grateful for them. And for food and the things that we consume to be this really intentional experience. It's not just, I mean, like this was months ago, months ago. And I still have this strong, deep emotional reaction to it because I'm overwhelmed with extreme gratitude for them. And it's like, when you just buy something from the store, you don't have that experience. And I remember, like, there's definitely, I know there's judgments, and that's okay. That's okay. This life isn't for everyone. And I think one of the most frustrating ones is from people who consume animal products 
and ask, how could you, like, how could you do that? But the way that they consume it on products is buying it from a store, so, like, they never have to see it. They never have to love something and then play God and take that away. I am, like, so emotional. Thank you. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> but it's it's not it's not easy but i <laughs> i don't want it to be easy like it wouldn't be true to me if this was easy if if doing this was easy it wouldn't be like that feels weirder to me <laughs> and again i know not all of us can afford to have the best of the best or cut out things completely or perhaps your individual body needs these things because we we are so different there isn't this one-all be-all diet and lifestyle for us all to consume so this is what works for us and it just it's so important to me that if I'm going to consume food and I have the privilege and capabilities to have land to do this then I'm going to do it this way and it is just a I mean (laughs) Clearly, it's it's something that weighs so heavy on me, and it is this celebration of life, like constantly this celebration of life, and it's just, it's really hard to describe, I think, if you haven't experienced it, of just, I've never experienced such a deep, profounding love, appreciation, and gratitude for something I'm putting in my body than this experience. There's nothing that has topped it. I mean, Growing your own vegetables is like such a high level in this next level. And again, it's not for everyone, but it's important for me to share because those that are curious, those that are, that it is for, and just to kind of break the stereotype, because I think that's also, it was frustrating. It's like, I would read homesteading blogs or videos and it was like this cold, detached communication and conversation around raising your own animals to, to eat. And it was like, that's not me. I'm also deeply connected to these living beings and want to make the most conscious decision I can and provide the best life that I can. And I don't know that I'll always eat meat. My body responds well to it, but I don't know that I always will because it's, I I don't, if I don't, it's hard to describe. I just don't know that I always will. I always want to have animals. Always. I would love to have pigs again. And the dairy cow or the dairy goats and chickens and bees and there's literally nothing that brings me more joy constantly I'm constantly in a battle of (laughs) how do I go back to farming full-time how do I open an animal rescue full-time like how because that in my truest of hearts is my deepest most what I'm most passionate about and it's also like as you can see, it's not black and white for me. It's not one box or the other because I have this deep love for animals. That also means that I must be vegan. I must be plant-based and I'm not. And I eat a lot of, yeah, I just, I'm not. And I don't, I was going to start talking about what I eat. And I'm like, that's not what I'm here for. That's not, that's not what I'm here for. I just want to continue the conversation around what is our responsibility for this planet, for the animals, for the ground, for the earth, for the water, for the soil, educating ourselves on where we can take action steps and not focusing on doing all of it, right? This isn't what that's about. I'm not saying, oh, you got to go raise all your own animals and we feel so overwhelmed by all of the things we should be doing or could be doing that we don't do any of them. But instead, if hundreds and thousands and millions of us were doing these small action steps, 
That's, that's impact. That's what moves the needle. That's it. That's it. That where we can take action, we do take action. Where we have the ability to invest or our time, our energy, our money that we do. I mean, this goes for, because there's so many different things. There's so many, so many things that are coming to mind, Mike. Ethical and sustainable fashion, for example. That is not my expertise. I do not have I'm educating myself more and more on that. And it's not about what it is for me is, is, is what small action steps can I take? And that for me, the biggest one is I haven't, I hardly ever buy new clothes. So it's either re like thrifted or if it is something new, it's sustainable or made ethically because that's where I want to be investing my money. And that means buying less because I'm not, buy, buy, buying all the time, or that even like my skincare, I have one bottle of everyday oil that I use for everything because that to me is more sustainable. It's simple ingredients, multi-use products. It's not about more, more, more. It's about these simple, again, like to me, that is just simple steps in little bits of impact because I can't do everything perfectly. There's just no way. I'm just, I'm not at that level. So I'm going to do everything to the best of my ability, composting, having a garden, raising our own animals, these sorts of things, taking action where I can take action. And I just want to encourage you to just lean into that and explore whatever that looks and feels like for you because it's going to be different than me. And I'm really grateful that you're here in this conversation with me because it's it's a really hard one for me to have, honestly. And then I know where it's coming from because I think predominantly my audience is everyone. I mean, there's not there's maybe one, two percent of people that follow me for farming content I don't post that I'm not we and when we have our land yes you can you bet your ass you're gonna be getting all of that the homesteaders paradise like that's all you're gonna be getting you're, you've been warned <laughs> but in the meantime it's my audience my community is from the wellness industry and there's a lot of misinformation around farming and the way our food is grown and produced and so a lot there's a lot of judgment that I am afraid to face and I am having the uncomfortable conversation anyway because it is something that matters to me it is something that I feel matters to this some sort of message that I'm supposed to speak about in this lifetime that I will never fit into any fucking box that I am somewhere dancing between the boxes in this gray area and I just want to see more people speaking from the homesteading perspective of the emotions and the feelings that are behind that that it's not just this cold easy thing to do it's not it's not it's not and we didn't do it here also I just want to communicate that it was something the butchering process was not something that we did ourselves because we wanted them to that to happen in the most painless easy humane way possible if it was something that it it was not about learning a new skill for us because that's something that I could not I could not bring myself to do and that's okay like I am fully okay with like again doing the best that I could but that meant that I it had to be in the most humane painless way possible for them like that's all that mattered to me and I felt like I needed to express that because I, I couldn't. Maybe, I don't know if that will ever change. I don't think I can. Like that is something that is incredibly difficult for me. And I, I am just, I'm accepting of that. And I think I'm accepting that and integrating that as I speak it of that is okay with me. And yeah, 
yeah. <laughs> I'm just really grateful for you being here in this space with me in this conversation and holding it with such love. And I'm just doing the same for you. And if there's any questions that you have that I can further elaborate on, I would love to because it's honestly, I'm really in this space too of, of we don't have to, to monetize all of our hobbies and our passions. So as much as farming and animal rescue is my, uh, the utmost important thing to me, like the thing that the two things that I'm most passionate about are those. That doesn't mean I have to monetize them. It doesn't mean I have to make money off. You don't have to make money off of every hobby that you have. So for me, it's been setting up this really intentional business of helping using the digital world to help other intentional entrepreneurs build, grow and scale their businesses. So that that's my business. And that's something that I love to do too. I love to do that. I could talk about intentional entrepreneurship all day long. And truly I had to, I was going to today. I was like, you talked about like the past episodes. <laughs> you have to speak about other things in your life that matter. And these two things matter the most. But when I separate them, there's not this pressure that I have to like make money off of them, that my income relies on them. They bring that much more joy. So it's also giving myself space to just enjoy these things and not have to monetize them or photograph them or make them content that they're just who I am behind the scenes. And I do want to take you on that journey. And that's what's hard is that it's so beautiful and so fulfilling and rewarding to me that I want to share it. But <laughs> there's some things that are just for us, right? That are just for us. So I do actually have to cap it here because I dropped Lou, our cat, off at the vet this morning to get neutered. <laughs> We're doing our responsibility and he's getting neutered. So I do need to go pick him up because he I think he's just about ready. So I'm going to cap it here. Just a reminder that if you take the time to write a review and take a screenshot of it, just email that over to me at hello at caitlincuriosity.com and I will gift you the coffee tonics and herbal powders workshop so you can be a part of our chamomile coffee community. Thank you so much for resharing this in your stories. I, I really hope you know how much that means, like truly, especially when it stays like today where I'm just crying the whole time. So I'm sending you so much love and I will talk to you next week. Bye.